you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. Uh, I am flying solo. I'm Mike Garoppolo, by the way. I'm flying solo this week. Mike Robb had other affairs to attend to, but uh, I do have a guest, as usual, with me today. Uh, This is a great one. Uh, Peter King, uh, NBC Sports, longtime NFL writer, joining us here on NFL Total Access, the locker room. Peter, how are you, my friend? This is an honor. Mike, great to be with you. How's how's life going? Where are you? Oh, life you is going. Are you in Philly? Uh, I'm in I'm in uh, Jersey still. Uh, okay. So we're doing this from the homestead here, Peter. Okay. Uh, good. So I'm not far. You're right across the river from me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm 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 over in Brooklyn, and we uh, we raised our kids in Montclair. We've got a very 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 yeah. soft spot for all of Jersey, the most misunderstood state of the fifty. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I loved it there. No doubt about it. See, once a Jersey guy, always a Jersey guy defending the state. I appreciate that, Peter. Uh, We're going to tackle a bunch of things, but as Mike Robb likes to say, the price of admission here on NFL Total Access, the locker room, is a locker room story. Uh, Usually it's from the perspective of a player, but I gave mine earlier this season, and Peter, you've been in your share of locker rooms. I can't wait to hear your best one. Mike Robb likes to say... Don't give us the PG rated for TV. Don't give us the R rated somewhere in between. Like the PG 13 is what we want here. Well, I wish I had a really perverse one, but I don't really have one, you know, unfortunately. I, I come to think of it, I'm glad I don't have a perverse there one. There you go. Yeah. But I, you know, when you guys asked me on, which I really appreciated, uh, I started thinking and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to give the weirdest one. I, I just am. But in 1986, I'm working for Newsday. I'm covering the New York Giants. I'm in the locker room after a game one day. I'm waiting at Harry Carson's locker at the old Giants Stadium. It's the second locker in when you walk in the locker room. You take a right, and you go right in there, and it's the second locker in. And I'm just standing there waiting, and there's three or four of us. And I look over 
I, I, I was busy for a second looking at some notes and I look over <clears throat> and the person standing right next to me is Richard M. Nixon, the pre former <laughs> president of the, United, of the United States. Now, for those who don't know, you probably have heard of Richard Nixon if you're listening to this podcast. But Richard Nixon was a sick football fan. And he was around the Giants a lot. You know, he got Parcells' number and he, he was in touch with Parcells and everything. But he came to a lot of games. And he was friends with Jim Burt and McConkey and George Martin and Harry Carson. And so he, he, he really loved hanging around the team. And I looked over at him and I just said, hi, Mr. President. I introduced myself. And he goes, man, I wish I had your job. <laughs> and I don't know why I said this, because now in retrospect, it's weird. I said, man, I'm glad I didn't have your job. Yeah. You know, but, and so we just talked about it and he goes, Hey, I really wanted to be a sports writer. I, I thought it really would have been a great life, great fun because I love sports. Talked about football for a minute. Then Harry Carson showed up and the job was on. So anyway, that's, that's, I, I guess it's not as great as I made it sound. No, it's great. And uh, you're making me wistful for the days of locker room access period as yeah. we are in a, a total access if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you there know. you go. That's how we further the brand uh, right there, Peter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, you're just – you're in the locker room. Things happen. Things uh, happen. Yeah, right. I, listen, I have long – not long said, over the past year plus, and I got pushback on this from some PR folks who are very happy right now yeah. that they don't have reporters walking through their locker room because they lose control when that yeah. happens. Uh, but to me, there are stories that come out of a Sunday locker room that – you're not hearing right now. And that's a disservice to the players. Yeah. Um, the stories behind what they're doing on the field, what they're uh, going through off the field that they're overcoming or is affecting them on the field. These are stories that deserve to be told in a lot of cases. And uh, right now I feel like the fans are suffering. And I, I the let one of the few things that fans want to hear about is media complaining about their jobs. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but right now we're not getting that. You agree? Oh, no question. I, you know, what I, one of the things I learned from the late Paul Zimmerman at Sports Illustrated is always talk to the guy with nobody around him. And so, I mean, I learned that in my career early because he covered a lot of Giants games, too. And I would always see him over there talking to Billiard or, uh, or Doug Riesenberg or, or one of the assistant coaches. In those days after the game, Bill Belichick's walking through the locker room. You just grab him. Yeah. And and. Now it's totally, totally different. And look, you know, after a game on Sunday, here's the difference. I talk to six people a week for five minutes each. Okay. And okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll get Matt LaFleur. I got Matt LaFleur last week. I'll get, I got TJ Watt this week. And so I'll get guys who are good and high profile and, and played in the big game of the day or coached in the big game. But it's hard to spend real time and to find out real things over the phone in four minutes and 47 seconds. It just is. And you're much better off going to guys, especially if you cover a beat, going to 13 guys after a game. And hopefully one of them is going to give you a nugget 
that you can build into either a lead of, of your story, of the sidebar, whatever. And it just, look, when people complain, if they were, were to complain about this, I always say, listen, it's hurting you. It just is. Yeah. Our stuff would be so much better if I could go into a locker room and talk to 10 guys. Yeah. Uh, what, one quick follow-up on what you said there, but then you, you, you're leading me to something I did want to uh, ask you about or, 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 rem, or remind you about and let the folks know because you were so good uh, to me early on. Um, your four minutes and 47 seconds, I know it's hard. And I know you're, you, you don't have the chance uh, necessarily to do that. But first of all, that the way you do your column, that that has to be done that way right now. Even if you're on location, you're doing that for some other games that are happening. But the other thing is you're building up equity at another time. You're spending time in training camp. You're spending time with yes. folks face-to-face. You're going on that that training camp tour. Uh, you spend time, maybe even if it wasn't this year, you've spoken to that person in yeah. years past. You have a relationship, basically. Yeah. And there's accountability in seeing people eye-to-eye. Um, but but I remember, you, you know, you talking about uh, what Dr. Z told you about going and finding the guy that nobody's talking to. Uh, early on in my career, when I was covering the Giants for the Star-Ledger, uh, and you were living nearby in Montclair, uh, we were trading emails at some point, and I remember I got this this long email uh, from you uh, with advice, basically, and saying, who cares if Jeremy Shockey pops off and you're not in that scrum and you miss it? Be over here and and, and get your own story and do your own yeah. work. And and, yeah. and it was some of the great advice. Now, I did miss a couple of Shockey. When, when Strahan went off on Kelly Naki, the ESPN reporter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wasn't there. I was talking yeah. to Jason Whittle. Whittle across the locker room, the backup offensive guard. But you know what? That's where some of your best yeah. stuff comes from, Peter. And and uh, I, I know that you've learned that over your career and you've been able to talk to some of those guys and get some of the stories from those guys, not necessarily the headliners, right? Look, one of the things that especially I learned in New York, because when I got there in 1985, there were 19 papers who had a beat reporter covering 19. the Giants every day, 19. <laughs> Okay, guys coming from Hartford, guys coming from Bridgeport, Asbury Park. I mean, just it was just a different, different world. And I always used to notice that, you know, because there wasn't the monstrous coverage, the electronic coverage in those days. So a lot of times you had to be sure that if you missed something, you were at least going to hear something about it. And that really has changed now because a lot of times – when Michael Strahan pops off in the locker room, you know this, Mike, it's going to be everywhere in a half hour. Yeah. And so that as almost a daily beat person, I never was really bothered by that mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, today I would never be bothered by that because I think your job is to be able to provide depth and insight that you only get by talking to 10 people instead of hanging around in a huge group around one or two guys. There's no question about that. And uh, the game has changed. I, Kevin Manahan uh, was one of my editors when I started at the Star-Ledger. And he said to me, and you'll appreciate this, uh, we've, we've talked about this in recent years. It used to be that you walked in as a beat writer at 8 in the morning or whatever when you walked into the media room. And you knew who had won the previous day because everybody turned in their papers <laughs> and basically yeah. the test was yeah. graded based on what you had in the morning. Now... Somebody has a story, you've confirmed it in 30 seconds, boom, we're on to the next one. I don't think that beat writers today or reporters will understand that feeling of waking up in the morning and just going through the paper. Who's got what? Who had that one nugget that I didn't have or maybe even the big story? 
Um, you know, th- there's just not that feeling anymore, Peter. You know what's funny, Mike? In uh, in '86, when the Giants were on their run to the Super Bowl, um, I one day I kept bugging him, bugging him, bugging him, and he finally said, "Okay." I rode to work one morning in Bill Parcells' car, mm-hmm. and this was—I'm just going to guess—it was maybe around January 3rd. It was early in the playoffs. And I'll never forget, Parcell stopped in this little deli, got a jumbo coffee, and he got five newspapers. And he laid them in the front seat of his car, and he just started, he just looked at each one, what everyone had done. He said, oh, that damn Kenny Hill, (laughs) Joe Morris, what's he say, you know, and all that. And so Parcells would always pretend like he didn't care and like he never read it. But he always wanted to know what the communists had that day in the paper. And that's that's what he used to call us all the time. <laughs> we were trying to tear apart the republic with our reporting. But I, I, I always got such a kick out of the fact that in those days, say in newspapers ruled, absolutely a 100% rule that Bill Parcells, at 6.15 in the morning, he wanted to know exactly what Vinnie Detrani wrote that morning in the Bergen Record. That was really, really important to him. And so I, I really enjoyed being a part of the fray, mm-hmm. being in the skirmish, competing every day. I found it, it was really one of the most fun times in my, my career. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Peter, you mentioned Parcells, uh, one of the great personalities that you'd want to cover over your entire career. If you've got a Parcells story, by the way, put a pin in it. We'd love to hear it. Another Parcells story. Um, but it got me thinking, and I, I, I covered the Eagles-Jets game the other day. Gardner Minshew um, was unabashedly I, – I, he just – he was – it was like watching a kid yeah. play a game. And I felt – watching this i said i can't you so rarely see it and it got me to thinking that because of how much media we have 
And because everybody with a with a phone is a reporter these days, basically. Are these guys so guarded that we just will never see the great personalities the way that we yeah. used to see them in years? And and, and to, to be like Minshew, okay, because because by the way, he's walking a fine line if he doesn't want to upset the apple cart with the with the starting quarterback. Yeah, right. To be genuine, to have that personality on display, but not too far that you damage your own brand or you damage the team or, or anything like that. Does, does that does that question make sense? It does. I thought the other day it was he I loved how he made football fun, playing the Top Gun thing. And then I'm sure he didn't know this, but after the game in the parking lot, chest bumping his father, <laughs> the highlight. I mean, you know, this guy, all he does, Gert, you know what I loved about that? This guy friggin' loves football. <laughs> right. And, you know, imagine he's sitting on the bench all the time. Put me in, coach. Come on. Put me in. I can do this. And he's just hasn't had the ability to do that. And I thought that was really fun. But, Mike, I do think that we're going to have to find different ways to humanize players. There's a lot of things going on now. Players are finding their own way to tell their stories. You know, look at Tom Brady with Gotham yeah. Chopra, uh, the man in the arena. They invented uh, basically a nine-hour, nine-part series, or ten parts, I guess, mm -hmm. series. and you know, that uh, Tom versus time. That's, you know, even though I, hey, look, I love that. It yeah. was great. But Tom versus time, <clears throat> nothing is getting put in there that Tom doesn't want in there. Right. And right. so, you know, to me, that is what is being lost a little bit. It's one of the things that I just, I was saying to somebody recently that, you know, I just want to go back. I love doing the NFL training camp tour because you can still do things, even though you might not be able to, to be very close physically mm -hmm. to players, you mm -hmm. can still do things one-on-one. -on -one. But the thing that is really missing now is the ability to go and really hang out with players. And when I used to cover the Packers for Sports Illustrated, I got to know Favre so well that when I landed at the airport, I drove my rental car to his house Yeah, and I just knocked at the door. It was almost, it was kind of a pre Glazer Strahan thing. Yeah. And they've taken it much farther than that. I mean, they're mm -hmm. really close friends. I'm not close friends with Favre. It was a little bit of a marriage of convenience, Yeah, you know, because he, he wasn't happy that people weren't looking him at him as a premier player. Mm -hmm. And he kind of looked at me as the vehicle that could help him do that. But Times have really changed, obviously. Times have changed, and there's so many people now between you, Peter King, and him, yeah. Brett Favre, the, the modern version, basically. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm i to the point now, it's kind of scary. I'm to the point now where, where young people are asking me the same questions that I was asking you about, you know, building these relationships and, and how to go about your job. The, the one thing that I do tell them, there's no shortcut. There is no right. shortcut. You That's can't right. walk in and feel like you're going to have a relationship with a guy in a couple of weeks or feel like you're going to have a relationship with a guy in the, the process of a one uh, of one season. Um, especially, you know, if you're a beat writer, you're there every day. You're going to piss people off along the way. Yeah. And the yeah. one thing that I have, and, and this is why I tell people all the time, uh, I would recommend you being on a beat because there's nothing like being there day in and day out. Yeah. 
having the accountability, you write something, you're there, they look you in the face, you have to, and, and a lot of times, some of your best relationships will come from disagreements, will come when you butt heads, and the two of you talk it out, and you realize where you're accountable, what you could have done better, yeah. and how you're going to be better going forward. Have you ever had anything like that? I mean, uh, one time I was in the 49ers locker room uh, back in the semi-glory days, post-Montana, but was doing something with Steve Young, and they had a, a guard named Kevin Gogan, a monstrous guy. Yeah. And I had written, uh, this is in training camp, I had written in the spring something about the 49ers, and I described Kevin Gogan as a journeyman. And I mm -hmm. think in this particular year that we're talking about, this is his third team in five years. Journeyman. It's not a pejorative term. Mm -hmm. It's a factual term. Sure. Have you been to a lot of places? And so Gogan saw me and from across the locker room and he screamed at the top of his lungs, hey, effing journeyman. You know, and he just starts screaming and he yeah. walks toward me and I said, man, he's pissed off. And at first I didn't know what he what he meant. And I said, what what's up? And he goes, you called me an effing journeyman in your story. I said, well, journeyman means You've been in a number of places and this is your third team or whatever. You know, I tried to explain, but there was no stopping him. So, you know, he had, I'm not saying he had to be held back, yeah. but he got right in my face and he was really pissed off. And after that, the next time I covered the 49ers, I went up to him and I said, can we talk now? And he just laughed and he goes, yeah, he said I might overreacted. <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was fine. But I do agree. I mean, I don't have anything against Kevin Gogan. I just am not sure he understood the definition of the word journeyman, you know? Yeah. And it's it's the power of words and how one word that that maybe we didn't put as much thought into, or at least thought, how is this going to look on the other end? It, it It's you, you're still to this day, you're saying, hey, well, I wasn't wrong, but I understand how he reacted. It's good to know, I think, for any writer, I'm going to say young writer, any writers to know that. I mean, I did it the other day with a Seattle Seahawks story that I had to then clarify. But uh, that's a story for another time. Uh, we, we could go on and on about stories over the course of your career, and I'd love to. But I, I do want your thoughts on some things happening in the league right now, given that you've covered this league for, for a number of decades been around to hear this stuff. I, I saw something the other day. Someone tweeted a, a cover of Sports Illustrated from, I believe, the early 80s. And it said, the NFL's officiating problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically yeah. saying, here we are. And, and if you've never been on the sideline of an NFL game, you have no idea how fast things are moving out there. Right. You're, it's never going to be perfect. And yeah. we try to use technology. Um, you know, when you, when you hear these things and you hear people talk about officiating now, do, do you think like this is just something that it's just going to have to be as good as it can possibly be? It's just it's just never going to be perfect. Well, um, I, I did something interesting in my column about a month ago. I had Terry McCauley, three time Super Bowl ref, mm -hmm. now uh, referee, now the uh, officiating, whatever the, the title is, officiating honcho for NBC mm -hmm. and Dean Blandino you know, the former VP of officiating, I asked them both open-ended question. Should there be full-time officials? Why or why not? Mm -hmm. Blandino said, yes, there should be, because you you should be trying to do everything humanly possible to get it right. And, um, you know, he went, he went, 
all over the reasons why, that you have to have the ultimate faith in the game and all that. But Macaulay said it's not going to do any good at all. Uh, I've heard these arguments over and over again. We watch so much tape during the season, and we watch a lot of tape in the offseason. We just aren't going to get – the officiating isn't going to be improved by it. And so I found myself thinking, though, Mike, that, you know, everybody has said, let's get full-time officials. And I've asked over the last couple of months, I've asked 10 different people, how many officials of the, I think, 117 on the roster would you lose if you said you have to give up your job in order to only do this? And I, I think it might be only about 10 or 15. Hmm. Okay. And I used to think a lot of them would leave. If some guy's a big time lawyer, he's, you know, he's not going to leave that job to be a full-time official. And maybe he's one that wouldn't do it. I don't know. But here's what I do think now. I think it's worth a try. Really yeah. do. I think it's worth a try. The only thing is, to me, the NFL has been very, very hesitant to spend a lot more money on officials and making them full-time and setting up programs and having them all come to central locations, you know, for clinics, for everything. It's going to cost a lot of money. Now it's not going to cost $10 million a year, mm -hmm. but it's going to cost a lot of money. Is the NFL willing to do that? Do they see the reward in that? But having said that, the, the the conclusion that I would draw is that officiating might get slightly better, but I will guarantee you that by November of whatever year that it happens, uh, you're going to see a lot of the same mistakes you're seeing now. The, you said it before, Mike, game's too fast. Yeah. You ever do have the chance to get down on the field, on the sidelines during a game. <clears throat> you know, it's so easy with the camera in the upper deck looking down, okay? The, those, those officials are shorter in most, part, in most cases. For most of the players, they're trying to officiate. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do it. So although I think that they ought to make an effort for a two- or three-year period, full-time officials, full steam ahead, I'm not sure it's, it would help all that much. I was in Washington for the uh, Washington-Seattle game, uh, Monday night game, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Logan Thomas had the catch right in front of me, or, or incompletion, but uh, at the time it looked like a catch right in front of me, caught the ball, got up, gave the ball to his wife in the stands, started jogging away. I thought, why aren't they kicking the extra point? I have no idea. Turned out they were reviewing whether the ball hit the ground or not. I was 10 feet away, 20 feet away. Yeah. I had no idea that that was even remotely a possibility based on what I had seen. Right. I'm telling you, you have no idea. Um, right now in the NFL, particularly the AFC, I, I saw this the other day. Uh, if the Bills had won, I'm going to get your thoughts on that game, by the way. Uh, if the Bills had won on Monday night, the difference between the 1 and 13, 13 seed, 1 and 13 in the AFC would have been two and a half games. Now, it's still yeah. tight, but the Patriots got a little bit of extension. This is what the NFL wants when it comes to parity. In your opinion, do you like when you see that? I love or it. Do love you? It. I mean, but, but there's no one great it. team, right? And there's no separation. So tell me why. That's okay. That's all right. Isn't it fun this weekend that uh, – look, 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 for instance, look for a minute 
at the San Francisco Cincinnati game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a week ago, San Francisco was one of the hottest teams in the NFC. Cincinnati was one of the hottest teams in the AFC. They both laid gigantic eggs on Sunday. Cincinnati against the Chargers, San Francisco and Seattle. And now you think, what am I supposed to think of these teams? And I'll tell you what you think of these teams. Look at the entire mosaic. Don't look at one corner of the artwork, you know, because that's not the full picture. Because right now, today, at this moment, San Francisco's the seventh seed in the NFC uh, and would be a road playoff team in the wild card round. Cincinnati's the sixth seed in the uh, AFC and would be a road team in the wild card round. And so they play this weekend. And that is a mini playoff game for those two teams because everybody is so close. You said it a minute ago. Miami's the 13th seed, six wins. Chargers, fifth seed, seven wins. I mean, it's just, it's absurd. But the reason why it is good is that there are more games every Sunday that matter. I dig that. I I go back and forth. I say, you know, I like that. I like that feeling. I also like the... You know, hey, there's that one team, and 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 you know, it's not like the current format doesn't allow for it. It's just that this right. happens to be the year. You got that one team that everybody's trying to knock off, and can somebody do it? A la the I don't know, 07 Patriots is the extreme example. But uh, uh, speaking of the Patriots, back to that Monday night game. Um, how impressive to see uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots and Josh McDaniels do what they did. And what's the worst or or best, I guess, weather game that you covered or remember throughout your career? Well, it was probably uh, the game when Michael Vick went to Lambeau as the Falcons quarterback very early in his career in the playoffs. The NFL put the game on Saturday night. It was a snow globe. The the Falcons come up and Michael Vick beats Brett Favre in a snowstorm at Lambeau. That was fun. Uh, I've seen a bunch of them. But I thought that the Monday night game this week, the reason why it was good And it was interesting and it was fun is that it reminds me, it reminds me what the base of this game is. You know, back in the 20s and 30s, it was a ground war. That's what it was. It was not an aerial showcase. And on Monday night, the New England Patriots won a game to take the number one seed in the AFC all alone. And they won that game by throwing three times in 49 plays. I just think it's tremendous. It's fun. It's different. You know, that game is exactly what people say about baseball all the time. Every time you go to a baseball game, you see something you've never seen before. And I feel like this year, there's a lot of that in the NFL. I thought the opening kickoff going seven rows into the stands was a great, (laughs) uh, it was an indication, indication, of what we were about to experience that night. I thought that was cool. And number two, you know, and I know Belichick loves this. What can you overcome as a team? Not just the the guys lining up across from you, but, but everything else you're dealing with. So I know that that was part of it. Well, Mike, Uh, can I just add one very quick thing? Sure. Of course. Uh, 17 years ago, SI assigned me, we want you to do the ultimate Belichick profile. So I remember this. You were in his bedroom, right? (laughs) This is back in the day when I was speaking to Belichick, which, it doesn't happen anymore. But 
that's a story for another day. But I remember that that day or that I spent a couple of weeks on it at least. And, and I told him I wanted to go see his football library because he talked about it a lot. He had the biggest freestanding library of football books uh, in the United States. Um, and he said no at first. But the last day I was there, he said, come on, let's go. So I went to see it. And when I was looking uh, at this beautiful office slash library in his home in Massachusetts, I looked up and there is The Art of War by Sun Tzu. There it is. And, and I said, what possibly can you learn from The Art of War? And he just shrugged and he goes, yeah, don't go to war when the ground is muddy. And he sort of <laughs> chuckled. But what it means in to a large degree is that understand your environment, understand your conditions, craft your team, sculpt your team to win in any set of conditions that there are. And Monday night, he took a quarterback from Jacksonville, Florida, who played his college football in the state of Alabama in the Southeastern Conference. And he took this kid for the first time in his life to the worst weather day he'd ever experienced playing football in Western New York. And he figured out a way to win. And that's my friends, why Bill Belichick just might have a future in this business. <laughs> you might as well, Peter. I'm going to throw that out there right there. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to wrap you there. Not because I want to, but because a, we've got to go. Uh, and B, I think that's a great summation of, why we love this game and I think why you love this game and why you've covered this game uh, with passion for so many years, because it's about what you can do. It's about what you can do together, what, what you can overcome. Uh, there are warts and we have yeah. pointed them out and we will point them out over the years. Um, but in, in its essence, it's about it's what human beings. And Chris, I'm, I'm paraphrasing Chris Wessling, uh, the late Chris Wessling. who. Yeah. Uh, said it's about what human beings can can accomplish together, uh, no matter the no matter the circumstances. So, Great Peter, point. thank you so much uh, for being here today for for sure, all your advice fun. and everything over the years, um, and and for what you do. So we appreciate it. Uh, I we save the Parcells story for another time, and then we'll get back to the Belichick stuff for another time. Uh, how do you, by the way, how do you have time to do it? I read your column and I see stuff about, oh, I listen to all NPR episodes. How do you find, as I steal more of your time, how do you find yeah, time for all this stuff? Mike, Mike, <laughs> I, I only write once a week, even though it's <laughs> tremendously, arduously long. Right. I mean, every morning I wake up and my wife and I, I have my Cheerios and shredded wheat and bran with fruit on top and, and almond milk. And we sit there and for an hour and a half, we read newspapers old-time oh, newspapers, <clears throat> and we have NPR on in the kitchen every day of the week. And so we just, we listen and we care a little bit about the news and, and all that. So anyway, that's sort of how that works. You, you've got two grown girls. Uh, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old today. The one-year-old, uh, today's her first birthday. That's um, exciting. Congrats. Thank you. But what you just described sounds amazing, Peter. An yeah. hour and a half. Hey, listen, breakfast. I always tell people you're really going to love raising kids, but don't worry. The second act is pretty good. The empty nest is fun. Too. <laughs> I love it. Peter King. Thank you for stopping by my friend. This has been fantastic. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of total access to locker room for more insight with a locker room point of view. Check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.